The show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yes, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. That was a very serious yes, Ross. Yes. 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 (laughs) I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And in this episode, we try to learn the truth about 9-11. The truth. The truth of the capital T. With a capital T from the truthers Mm -hmm. from the 9-11 truth movement. So they think that uh, generally they believe that 9-11, September 11th, was an inside job. Right. You could say it's conspiracy, but I think everybody agrees it's a conspiracy. Some people would say it was a conspiracy of 19 hijackers from the Middle East who Mm -hmm. took over some planes and crashed some of them into the World Trade Center buildings and one into the Pentagon and one into the ground. Right. But there are many who feel that this was all planned in advance. Orchestrated by the United States government. Right, as part of a sinister plot. So, we've been wondering about them for a while. So there are a couple of truther groups in LA, and we picked one that seemed to be, what, the most active? I just did a web search for 9-11 Truth LA. Okay. And (laughs) there came up a website called that. (laughs) <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Doing heavy-duty research here. <laughs> so, hey, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's like my dad who will type in, like, he'll, he'll want to sell a book, so he'll be like, sellbook.com. Carrie, that didn't exist. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> I think I would have known what step two would be. But, hey, the best thing is right there at the top. Sure. You go for it. Sure. So I saw that they have a monthly meeting. Uh-huh. It's the first Saturday of every month. and. Mm-hmm. Saw that they meet at a nice little coffee house in Santa Monica. That sounds great. Santa Monica being a little uh, town near us. Coffee houses usually have hot drinks. Yes. Yeah, in Santa Monica. Great. Thanks for defining what a coffee house is for the listeners. <laughs> Not what Santa Monica is. You had to define Santa Monica. But what a coffee house is. <laughs> All right, yeah, and Santa Monica is by the ocean. Very nice uh-huh. coastal community. A and little... the ocean is like a large expanse of water. Mm-hmm. It's where the land isn't. I thought, all that sounds just fine. Except then I noticed that the meetings start at 1 p.m. and they end at... 5. 5 p.m. Oh, my. That's a lot of oh, truth. four hours yeah. of truth about yeah. 9-11. Okay. All right. Now, do you happen to know any 9-11 truthers in your life? Oh, good question. Do I? I'm sure I do, actually, but... I can't put names to any at this second. I remember that someone I used to work with said that they thought that 9-11 was was orchestrated by the government. I have a few friends who have said, you know, "Eh, it seems like something's suspicious. Something's Mm -hmm. going on, but they're not full bore about it. Uh I used to go to various like science lectures and there'd always be this older gentleman standing outside with all his posters and signs. Uh For a long time, he was on the whole, we didn't land on the moon kick. Oh, yeah. At some point, he just switched and went to 9-11. And it, it, it's always with the, did you know there was another building that fell that day? Right. Oh, they love that. So going into this investigation, before we even showed up, yeah. what what would you say was your position about September 11th? The official story is cogent and well-backed by science and models. And, and probably accurate. And, and just common sense. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I didn't think any of these conspiracy theories were grounded. Uh-huh. I don't know if silly is the right word, because as we'll kind of discover, the, the people who are proponents of them are very intelligent and they know mm-hmm. a lot of facts. Mm-hmm. And and it's tough when you get into a discussion or see one of the videos because they're just throwing out all this data, yeah. data, data, data. And you're like, whoa, 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 I don't know. I got to look up what thermite is. What is right, that? Right. You know? 
So I, I think I ended up delving into it a lot more, even before we'd gone into this investigation, than I might have otherwise because of these people kind of surrounding me making arguments. Maybe there's something to that, maybe not. Right. I think we both kind of went into this like, oh. Uh, Thinking it was going to be. Yeah, this is more likely. Batty. Yeah, I mean, at least I did. I know that I, 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 I was listening for sure and I was open right. to the idea, but I did suspect that. I, w- I was working under the assumption that those claims were not true. That's my bias. Or probably I'll not. I'll put true. that. On the table. And actually, this is an investigation where I did really have that moment of thinking, wait a second, okay, well, if this were true, then then this would be true, then this mm-hmm. would be true. And wow, okay, that really would mean something significant. And I could see it. I uh-huh. could see, like, looking at the world that way. Right. And it, it did present a semi-consistent picture that I could kind of fall under for a while. So sure. so I'll say I, I really did believe it momentarily. Good. I'm glad you could do that. I mean, that's the earmark of, I think, a good researcher. Okay, so mm-hmm. we showed up for the first time. Yeah, this is the first weekend in July, first Saturday. Yep, right before my birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And since it was at a coffee house... That's right. We bought some drinks. We bought some drinks, but it was effing hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we so I a, did not get a hot drink. I'm sorry. We had a really hot summer this year. So yeah. I, I'm a big fan of lemonade, ginger yeah, I think lemonade. You did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ginger With lemonade. Pie. I got cherry mm, pie. Yum, yum, yum. Little coffee shop was also a bakery. Good stuff. Right. And so I think I got, I'm sure the listeners are like, but what did you drink? I think I got, <laughs> I got on. like a mocha or something, a cold one. Okay. So anyway, so we, we got our drinks. We get and, our drinks. And at first, like as you walk in, you just see people kind of sitting around. Some are like playing chess. Others mm-hmm. are looking at their laptops. And everybody just looks pretty normal. And we're kind of suspiciously looking at everybody. Like, are you the nine eleven group? Have they right. just not shown up yet? And we're almost about to give up. Mm-hmm. And then there's this curtain to the right. Draw back the curtain, and inside you see a stage area. And it looks like a place that you you'd kind of expect to find like a beat poet. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In fact, this whole cafe, I think, sort of has that bohemian vibe. It's all thrown together art, uh, crack in the wall. So they just threw some extra paint (laughs) over the walls. There's just like a random splotch of green. How would you describe the demographic? Older folks. We were Mm -hmm. certainly the youngest um, by a good amount. Yeah, I think everyone was at least 40, probably mostly over 60. And I think they were all uniformly Caucasian. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I think it was an all-white group. So we were greeted immediately by kind of the ringleader of the group. We're going to call him Mo. Mo. Who is (laughs) very all-controlling, which is very funny for this kind of group and their freedom. And immediately reminded us of the woman who led the OTO group. Yeah, totally. Same sort of persona. We wanted to see them meet and see what they would do. Yeah, would they fuck or fight? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, maybe both i don't know (laughs) yeah you're right that's hard to tell (laughs) angry fucking (laughs) but uh, he immediately oh what brought you here he wanted to know how we found this place so Mm -hmm. i said that's what i searched for and he said oh well you know that's not all we talk about 9-11 you can only watch building seven fall so many times right yeah he didn't even see he seemed sort of like over 9-11 yeah right away almost like like we were losers for yeah. even thinking that would matter. Sorry, but that's what you called your group. Yeah, so. <laughs> I thought that was your whole bag. Pardon me for coming, uh, you know, based on that recommendation. Right. And actually, you're reminding me that he was saying all this to you. This guy, every time I would speak, he would answer you. And every yes. time we would both sort of be making a point, he would look at you and answer you. Right. To the point where I actually had to, like, get you mad at, at one once. point and yell at him. I remember say, that. <laughs> say, excuse me, I asked the question not him yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah one of those things yeah that's always really annoying and really obvious yeah. so yeah we told him what had brought us there and 
Uh, they had the little sign out front that said open to all open-minded individuals. Mm -hmm. hey, okay, that's good. We like that. Yep. And then, I don't know, we spent like 15 minutes there while he kind of got his computer set up. They had a projector there, and he was sitting in a little chair near the stage in the front. He already had this folder open. You could tell he kept a folder for every one of these meetings. Uh -huh. And then he would just throw a ton of videos in there that he right. downloaded off the web. Dozens. I think it's no way we're going to watch all these, but I guess he had them on hand just as conversation topics, current items. And for someone who's like pretty concerned about the government, security, and he's just showing you his desktop absolutely littered <laughs> with documents. Very messy desktop. Oh, yeah. He would open up uh, his browser and there would be like 18 tabs open, and then his whole favorites bar would be visible. You were, you were like taking notes of his favorites. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most of his favorites were things you would expect InfoWars. Right. Um, the Alex Jones website. But then, like, his Yahoo email address was visible, which was a reference to Willie Loman, as I recall. And it showed how many, like, thousands of. Unread yeah, oh, yeah. He had over 50,000 unread emails. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I thought my inbox was bad. I feel better now. <laughs> He's one of these like incessant clickers, these people who just have to constantly yes. like be moving the mouse around mm -hmm. and doing something. Right. And so he'd be futzing around trying to get this thing ready. He was like pulling up task manager and he would do it like the slow way, like control alt delete and then hit the thing as a Windows computer. And I was I was getting kind of annoyed, like, you know, just you know, you don't need to do that. And then you'd like quit <laughs> this program, start something again, he'd go like adjust the volume and then they'd go and adjust it again and be like, just stop, stop. It's making this me is nervous. So poetically in line with how he thinks and talks. Where he has an idea and that reminds him of something else, which reminds him of something else, which circles back to the first thing. And you don't even know where he's trying to go with this. And then finally he gets to his point and he feels like he's made it, but you're not sure he has. That is very insightful. Thank you, Ross. I, I think that describes him very well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was driving me a little batty. Before the meeting started as well, he like he got up, he makes these little jokes and he only kind of half sells them, but then he's really proud of himself for having said it. Right. And you know, it's something like you've heard before. Like he gets up, he's like, you know, my hard drive crashed last week and uh, I'm really upset because I went to the NSA and they wouldn't give me the backup. <laughs> little stuff clap, like that. clap, clap, yeah, clap, yeah. clap, clap, clap. It'd be these jokes that like we would hear from meeting to meeting. <laughs> we right. could tell that he just used them all the time. And and every, <laughs> and every time that he wanted to speak, you know, it's like, okay, everybody needs to be quiet now and listen to me. Right. He would get up, turn around and kind of stand on the stage, kind of move his arms out to the side and do this kind of uh -huh. gesture. And so every time you just see it coming, he's like, oh, he's ready to talk. Everyone else needs to shut up. Right. <laughs> and up. if someone spoke, what happened to Ross? Oh, he would shout them down. <laughs> Yeah, he's ballsy. I was so he had all these little uh, kind of phrases he'd repeat over and over to mm -hmm. kind of control the masses. And to his credit, these are very uh, independently minded people who'd want to start their own conversations and shout. But he would control the chaos by shouting out, "Only one conversation, okay? Mm -hmm. Let me finish. Excuse me." Please don't talk. <laughs> yeah, please don't talk, literally. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, you, and then you, and then you, and then me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. We already talked about that. We moved on. You just had all these little phrases to kind of shut people up or uh, kind of minimize what they were saying. And it, and it feels so ironic for this group that's all about how, like, the government's trying to control you and you <laughs> right. should all do your own thing. And then there's just this guy, like, sh shutting you up, <laughs> killing any opposition. Yeah. What's happening here? Exactly. Don't protest too much. 
uh, finally, it was time to get the meeting started, and we had... And when you say finally, oh, yeah. you mean it was like good 20 minutes, I think, That's into... About 15 to 20 minutes into uh, us arriving there. And right, and the time that it was supposed to start. Yeah, and we were about right on time, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, finally, it was time to get the meeting going, and he, you know, got up in front of everybody and kind of officiated this thing. One of the very first things he said, welcome, and we've got new young people. Yeah, why do people do this? They're always pointing out how young we are, and it's so awkward. Very awkward. And so after he said that, everybody, like, clapped for us. <laughs> yeah, clapped for our youth. Yeah. You haven't been alive very long. Clap, clap, <laughs> clap, 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 clap. <laughs> At one point, he even said, bring some more people. Your approximate sizes and ages. That's great. <laughs> sizes and, and sizes. ages. Yeah, so he, is, he is a bit of a rotund gentleman, and that's we're, right. we're on the more diminutive side. Yeah, he wants to see some nice, thin, young people <laughs> joining their 9-11 movement. And he said, and they're 9-11ers. And they were like, well, well you know, we're interested, we're in, interested that. in that. Yeah. I actually don't know that much. And he said, oh, okay, we'll have to play you our five-minute clip. <laughs> so they've got a five-minute clip of 9-11, which they did. <laughs> five-minute clip it, of a little 9-11, later. yes. But as we were sitting there, two people filed in who we actually already knew. Yeah. We happened to be involved with a pro-science group, mm-hmm. uh, CFI Los Angeles. Where we actually used to record the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm still very involved there. You still yeah. go there all the time. Mm-hmm. And so these two people show me, oh, okay. Yeah. We assume they're not here on an investigation. Right. Uh, they're regulars, and sure enough, they were. Which uh, is great. Just shows you that there's a breadth of, of different viewpoints that can show up to a science organization. And right. Different kinds of people who think critically. And also, I think we eventually saw a little bit of an overlap in kind of the personalities of the two oh, crowds. Oh, absolutely. There's this personality type that I think is drawn to both like critical thinking science organizations and to this kind of truther or conspiracy, conspiracy movement. Group, yeah. And it's, it's people who have great retention for detail facts they can yeah they can just like hold a bazillion facts in their brain and you ross are quite good at that too Mm -hmm. um i'd say some of these people are even better than you at just like yeah rambling out facts they're really good at taking a hypothesis and running with it like okay if x were true then let me color in the rest of the scenery around (laughs) that fact what would that look like just really vivid imaginations that way. You know, really critical thinkers for sure. But there's also layered on top of it, in the case of the conspiracy theorists, there's this fear. There's this like, I mean, I almost want to call it paranoia, but that would... I think that's appropriate in some cases at least. Yeah, but, you know, I guess I'm sort of like assuming my conclusion there that they're wrong. Right. This um, attribution of motives and collusion. Yeah. To kind of uh, influence the matters of the world. Right. And that like, caution or fear is sort of like the best way to figure out whether a claim is true like well let's err on the side of i'm being watched or i'm being targeted because that's the safest yeah okay i can see that yeah anyway but yeah there's like a lot of overlap there it started to feel very much like going to that science organization like Dealing with the same kind of people, really. So immediately he was setting into a couple of his heroes. Uh, Mort Saul, we heard a mm-hmm. lot about, uh, a Jewish comedian. He was also talking about Alex Jones. He's a big fan of Infowars.com. I if, think they all are. If you don't know who Alex Jones is, oh yes. stop the show. And Go look up an Alex Jones video. Him. And just hear him yell at the microphone. Yep. So would you say he's <laughs> the most call... famous conspiracy theorist in America? Now he is. He seems to Probably. have kind of risen up out of... Uh, 
the undercurrent of conspiracy theorists. And yeah, I'd say he's probably the best known. And he's been invited on pretty big shows. I mean, he's yeah, really Piers given a platform. Morgan Piers Morgan. And, Morgan most yeah, and it, he does his shtick. He just, he gets so angry and he starts yelling and talking over everything that person right. says. And he's so, so, so upset about it. Bellicose and, you know, wants to fight him. Right. And to be as charitable as possible, I'd say what he might be quote unquote good at is sort of like vetoing Hmm. PR babble. Like oh, if, okay. if an interviewer says like, oh, well, do you think that maybe you might be um, overthinking that where maybe mm-hmm. there would be a more obvious explanation? They'll say like, no, you're calling me an idiot. And I'm not an idiot. You know? <laughs> right. He is very good at that. All right. That's very gracious of you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But yeah, usually every interview will, will end with him threatening the next revolution and an armed uprising. Right. And from... looking like he's going to have an effing heart attack in the studio. <laughs> Seriously. I, I worry about his blood pressure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he does like a three-hour show every day. And I have a cousin who just loves him and listens to everything he says and buys into all of this stuff. And I think all of these ideas lump together. I think you'd have a hard time finding one person who believes in just this one thing but not the others. Okay. So, so someone who buys into conspiracy theories, you know, not only are they going to have a feeling about 9-11 and how it was staged, but they're also going to believe that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, well, they're on, not necessarily going to, but they're the more government. likely to. Exactly, that, that you're going to have a high correlation connection mm-hmm. between those beliefs. And so they're also going to be concerned, as Alex Jones is, about fluoride in your water. Mm-hmm. And chemtrails. Chemtrails, got to watch out for those. And, of course, my thought is always, well, you know, our representatives – they all walk and breathe the same air and we don't see them wearing like <laughs> respirators. Touché, I never thought about that. So, Great point. Uh, yeah. Uh, some of these things don't pass. Maybe that they have personal test. no-fly zones. But I love right away when he was talking about Alex Jones and Mort Sala, he was saying how they get kind of vilified. And, and they were saying that Alex Jones, he got called a rat recently. Mm. And, and it's like just because one reporter called him that, all of a sudden that means that all media is saying that. Right. And, and that's what the Nazis did. Right. They called people rats. Yeah, he would do this thing a few times where, like, he would make some sort of weird association with a particular word and then feel like it resonated with all of us. And you could just sort of feel the room being like, that doesn't mean much to me. Yeah. He did that with the idea of homeland. Oh, yes. Oh, and that particularly bothered me because, yeah, he said at one point... Like, I don't call it America now. I call it the homeland. And, and if you because... look up homeland... <laughs> it, it actually means fatherland. fatherland. <laughs> and that's no, not an accident. Because fatherland, something, something Nazis. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean it's not an accident? Of course, synonyms aren't accidents. Right. But, but what? <laughs> yeah, again, like, this is all orchestrated and that people are, you know, leaving these clever little trails to their dastardly right. deeds. In, and, their, in dictionaries? I don't even... I'm not even tracking what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, where did you look that up? <laughs> Homeland equals fatherland. And, and that really bothered me, too, because the next time we went there, I asked a question where I said, the homeland, and I kind of uh-huh. did it with scare quotes. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, you know what homeland means, right? right. You know, when you're saying <laughs> that, you're saying you're buying into their... I was like, yeah, I was using it ironically. That's what, exactly what right. he said the first time. That bothered me. But, yeah... So that was his first uh, mention of the Nazis, but that was not the last. Oh, no. Or the Jews. They love (sighs) to talk about the Jews and the Nazis. Yeah, immediately I thought of Godwin's Law. It's this rule of internet arguments that whoever mentions the Nazis first loses the debate. (laughs) But it's a kind of ironic rule. Yeah, of course. uh, Of course, there are are reasonable comparisons to the Holocaust, but yeah. Right, but a lot of people will easily overstate things. Right. The government does lie to us sometimes. Yeah, of course. And they've done horrible things 
they, mm-hmm. you know, the, the government, you know, in instances has done horrible things. There you know, are like the, certainly conspiracies all the time. And all there, you need is two people. There are real conspiracies. Yeah. So all of these have a basis in, in some, like an actual phenomenon. There is such a thing as a false flag attack that has happened. Sure. But it becomes this thing where ev- false flag! everything gets interpreted in that light. Oh my goodness, we heard false flag so many times. False flag just became something that was just shouted <laughs> in the room. Right. Yeah. Any like new event happened. False flag! False flag! <laughs> and that, that's all the commentary you really needed. The, the, these are meetings that really make you want to start a drinking game. Yeah, like all, oh, definitely. All these terms you hear over and over again. NSA, drones, Snowden, Homeland, Building 7, False Flag, Military Industrial Complex, Carlisle mm. Group. Like, if you hear yeah. any of those and drink, you'll walk out very drunk. Very, very, very. With the False Flags, I, the one that stands out to me is our very brief discussion of Sandy Hook just during our second meeting because we had seen somebody with a truck that had a Sandy Hook bumper sticker on it calling it a false flag. I'll step outside just for a second to explain false flag is an operation where you attack like another group and then you either blame some other group for it or let them receive the blame for it because it looks like something they would have done Mm -hmm. to like start a war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to frame them essentially. Yeah, for doing that. And Sandy Hook was a shooting where a bunch of children died at a school. Yes, it was yes, horrific. In Newton, and it was recent. It was like in the last year. Mm-hmm. And there's this conspiracy theory that this didn't actually happen, and right. that all of the parents and the children and so on have been paid off to do this media and claim that it did. So we saw a bumper sticker on someone's car that said something about how Sandy Hook was made up. And so I asked during one of the meetings, what do you guys think of Sandy Hook? Do you think that was a false flag? And there's just this like cacophony of answers. Because some people some people are like, oh, no, well, that's ridiculous. And then some people are like, well, yeah, I mean, of course. It's, it's. <laughs> What's so weird about these groups is that sometimes they're outright fighting and then other times they'll be disagreeing, but they're all saying it in such a tone that they act like they're agreeing with each other. So one person will say, oh, that's just silly. And another person will say, oh, well, it could have been. And then they all just nod at you. You're like, okay. Yeah, we got no answer. I didn't get any information, but you all seem happy about it. So, okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We would try to be pulling out questions that would sort of point out an inconsistency, a logical inconsistency. Right. And then they would give us like a couple examples that were tangential to our question. Right. And then expect that we should be very happy with that answer. Right. At one point, we were talking about this thing that's allegedly happening right now where the NSA is tracking every single public bus in the United States. Oh, yeah. They brought that up in the first meeting and talked about it again and again and again. Yeah. Right, where they're putting microphones and cameras in the buses and recording conversations and they were saying they're recording every single conversation on every single bus (laughs) in the entire united states which you sort of confirmed oh yeah yeah they were they said it was in wired magazine and sure enough there was an article okay found it and so you said something like well how did they have the manpower to monitor every single conversation and is that I mean, basically what you're hinting at is, uh, is this something we all need to worry about? It seems like they would just be looking for keywords or key people. Yeah. Um, How could you monitor every single conversation? (laughs) Mo's response was, well, that's kind of like saying if I'm not doing anything wrong, then what do I have to worry about? We were both like, it's not anything like that. (laughs) Not what he was saying. And then he started getting mad at you for asking the question you didn't ask. And he was like, well. (laughs) 
The reason you should be mad is because they're taking away your liberties. Do you understand that? <laughs> so it's like yelling at you about this thing you did not say. And then somehow he started to realize he couldn't remember what you'd actually asked. So he's in the process of sort of y- shouting you down. And then he's like, anyway, what did you ask? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Wonderful. Which is, again, very typical of the responses, just kind of shooting off in this other direction. Right. Not really what you asked, but... And a little, and related to what you asked. Right. But not what you and, asked. And I remember the first time he'd mentioned that, my first thought was like, who cares what people say on the buses? I mean... Right. If you're, the, like, they'd already introduced that they're tapping your phones and they can record all your emails. Mm-hmm. They have all this really useful information. Why are you tracking people on the bus? Right. Buses but are noisy. apparently they are... Apparently that is a thing backed by Homeland Security, so hope uh, our tax money uh, is well used. Right. I mean, and to play devil's advocate or government's advocate, it could be for tracking crimes when they do happen. Or maybe, yeah, maybe there's a. I I haven't heard the argument is haven't heard their side of it, right? Right. Uh, But you know, again, I'm totally simpatico that there's a lot of wasting of tax money. Sure. I remember what like one of the first things they said when we came in, they were just having kind of loose conversations. And (laughs) Mo was saying something along the lines of, and it sounds like Mo was talking more than anybody else. That's because he was. Uh (laughs) Um, But he was saying, like, the government employs 830,000 people. And I I just don't know what they can be doing with all those people and all that time. I mean, are they just watching porn all day? Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's his vision of the government. Right. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, if you're really worried about someone watching you 24 hours a day, Mm -hmm. then half of the world would have to, or half of the country would have to be employed by the government because you're going to need one person to monitor every person. <laughs> exactly, which was the question I was trying to raise. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's hard enough for me to keep all of my files in line and like organized and all right. of that. And it's kind of a full-time job for me. Right. So yeah, who else has the time to do that? Yeah, when they finally got to a reasonable answer, it was basically like, well, it's computers. It's not humans. They're looking for certain things. But yes, that's the point. Right. They're, they're looking for certain things. Which is, yeah, the whole thing with the phone tapping. They're not recording the conversations. They're recording the connections, like who you're talking to. And they're looking for that metadata, the data about right. the data. Um, and then and then they might record your conversation right. after that, that. So we're yes. not saying that's not a, 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 thing. a, a concerning yeah. thing. But, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and right. I'm all for privacy, too. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. important. But again, overstating the case doesn't, right. doesn't help the Let's case. Let's have but an accurate view of what's I, actually happening. I think we're arriving at another kind of psychological motivating factor here, which is this inflated self importance like this Mm -hmm. inflated sense of you mattering to the government like you know they care what joe schmo is doing and saying and you know if they did if they had orchestrated Mm 9-11 and if they do follow people this closely then this guy should be scared out of his mind because he's leading this this, yeah this group that uh is in one of the largest cities in the u.s And yet, you know, he's sitting there with his computer open, with his desktop out there. and Not he's, being too guarded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It doesn't seem all that freaked out. Yeah. Actually, that was a major point. Again, a question that we brought up, which is, okay, every time one of these people dies or has a heart attack or something like that, they immediately say, ah, that was planned. You right. Know, they were snuffed out because they knew too much. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Hastings, there was a local reporter who died and they said, oh, well, he uh, Twittered <laughs> the day before, you know, about the government that he was investigating them the day before he died. And uh, they talk about the video footage and they rolled that footage for us. And they talked about, you know, how he was killed. And we said, OK, well, then, you know, what about Alex Jones? 
Jones, why does he get away with this? Uh-huh. Oh, well, he just, he's a reporter. He reports on the news. Whereas, you know, Snowden, Edward Snowden, who released all these secrets, he is the news. And, and we said, okay, well. He's th- not dead. Right. And he's not <laughs> dead. Oh, well, you know, he's, uh, he's on the run from the law. Okay, well, didn't you say the government can find anybody? Right. <laughs> like, why can't they find him? Oh, well, he's too smart. Right. Goalpost, uh, goalpost, goalpost. Yeah, exactly. Shifting the goalpost. But then also, you know, okay, well, you're saying that the government isn't going after Alex Jones because he's a reporter, but you said they killed Michael Hastings because he's a right. reporter. And yeah, it's, it's not adding up. It's not consistent. Right. <laughs> so they're really good at honing in on all these details and making these analogies. But when you try to connect those broader pieces, I think it lacks that external right. consistency. So anyway, and it's then, like they want to give you just enough details so that you'll know that you should be on alert, that you should be scared. Right. Which I think is sort of, I mean, it's sort of a built-in human thing. We look for just enough warning signs to know whether we should be scared in any particular situation, yeah. you know? And they, they talk about the government trying to hush up all these things and all the things they do to intimidate people and scare people. But then you have all these videos out there of people on major media shows talking about these things that are supposedly secrets. Right. So again, that just you know, makes you wonder, well, why are they allowed to do that? Uh, and like I said that about Mort Saul, because he'd gone on and talked about all these things that the government's doing. Why is he allowed to get away with that? Oh, well, he had two marriages and they're over now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> His career is not what it once was. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the government's fault, really? The government made his wives break up with uh, him. Yeah, exactly. Really, really tenuous. But I think if he had died, you know, for whatever reason, they did blame a heart attack on the government at one point. Right. Yeah, you know, maybe it was just, you know, a quote-unquote heart attack. If he had died for whatever reason, then they would say, oh, well, the government was behind it. But if he didn't, if he's still alive and well and in his 80s and talking on these talk shows, then, oh, well, they made his life very difficult and uncomfortable. Right. Made him get divorces. The video playing started pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he had all these little video clips and he'd click the hell out of them Uh like close them down and open them up again and adjust the volume and adjust the volume. Highlight, unhighlight, highlight, unhighlight. Shout at people who were talking (laughs) and finally get us to sit down and watch a video. And oh my goodness, like there would be videos he'd play that were like half an hour long or more. Yeah. Like that Vladimir Putin. Oh my God, that Putin (laughs) video. I literally got up I mean, my butt hurt because you're also sitting in these weird like church pew seats, yeah. which is odd. We picked but, the wrong chairs that time. Yeah. But so during that Putin video, Putin video, <laughs> Putin. I got up and I was like, I'm just going to leave for a minute. Uh-huh. I mean, I didn't say that, but I was just thinking like. And people would do that. They'd wander out and wander back in during the meeting. Yeah. So I went outside and I played words with friends on my phone <laughs> and I just like, you know, decompressed for a good 20 minutes. Bought an item from the menu. Right. And then I come back in. Still happening. Still speaking in Russian it's with subtitles. Happening. And I-, I look at you and you just sort of nod like, yep. It, don't worry. You didn't miss a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this place is dark and you're watching this video and you're having to read the subtitles. It was very tiring after uh-huh. a while. And again, these meetings are four hours. And did the first meeting last four hours, Carrie? I don't remember. We left after four and a half. It was still going. Oh, right. Yeah, 5.30, it was still going. We're like, uh, we're out of here. Oh, Jesus. Oh, and then that was an important moment, actually. It was. So, <laughs> I... We're, we're standing in a room, and at, at its peak, I think that first meeting, there were like 24 people there. So, a pretty good-sized yeah, group. Yeah, pretty sizable. And they're still talking, but Carrie wants something. I want that Jackie O painting you had said that you would buy for me uh-huh. for my birthday. <laughs> 
And so I was like, I dare you to just go over there and just take it. Don't say anything. Just take it off the wall. I was like, I'm on the as, job. As if you're stealing it and just walk away. So, so Carrie walks out of the room. <laughs> and while Mo is up there talking, he's like gotten up to talk. I just kind of casually like walk up onto the stage right by him. I walk over to the and far this wall. this is a huge painting. This is like a four by four foot right. painting. I have to extend my arms out to the side to kind of grab the edges of this, lift it up off the wall. And I just kind of make my way. Out, walking like, sideways like a crab and, and so as i'm doing this i ask him like a question i can't even remember what it was but he's kind of answering the question while i'm like kind of shuffling past him awkwardly as i'm almost out of the room he's like is, is he stealing that and mo says I, i'm sure he's buying it but i just walk out without Someone saying it's just like i guess he likes it <laughs> <laughs> Didn't say a word, just left. It's pretty awesome. And we did pay for it. Oh, yeah. We, we went did. to the front and paid yeah, for it. They yeah. had a cashier's desk out there. Yes. Yeah. So the second meeting was right before the anniversary of September 11th. And do you, did you feel like there was any particular difference between the first meeting and the second? Yeah. I mean, certainly in topics, because the meetings were very topical. They would be going over whatever was current in the news. So mm -hmm. the whole uh, Syria thing was brand new, where you know Obama wants to uh, send bombs over to Syria. Syria and make them pay for using chemical weapons. And of course, it was a false flag operation. Actually, Say this, they. Yeah, it wasn't actually the Syrian government. So mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. But also, I felt like we, I think, asked more questions in the second meeting. Oh, yeah, definitely. And hijacked the meeting somewhat. And so it got a lot more into 9-11 stuff. And also, I think they were starting to get a little suspicious of us. Yeah, they did ask us if we had come in believing already. Right. Like, did we already think that it was a government yeah, and there was one guy in particular next to me who yeah, really kind of wanted... pretty defensive. Yeah, he wanted like a profession of belief from me. Like, right. To say that I... What do you really think about 9-11? Yeah. It's like, they well, said, well, now that you've been here, what do you think? <laughs> and we both, I mean, I felt like we both gave like pretty clear, polite answers that we didn't agree. Like I said, I still don't feel like I know a lot and... I really couldn't say or something right. that's, you know, and I was like, saying, you know, you make some really good points that I'll have to consider and things that I have to look up. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I, yeah. I, you know, have a definite position yet. And I mean, I think that for most people that would be like, OK, they're like at best on the fence, yeah, but more likely it. they don't buy this yet. And yeah, that one guy got like really defensive. Yeah. But Mo, he was he kinda, was actually kind of cool about that. Yeah, I, I think he was kind of uh, leaping to our defense a little bit. Like, hey, hey, don't don't make them you know say anything or choose you know they're they're figuring it out. It's okay. Right. right. And don't scare off the young people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think we actually got away with asking a lot of questions that we wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Uh, because, you know, we're young people. Like, right, I think if we'd been within their demographic, I think they would have shouted us down a little more when we asked these questions, trying to highlight some of the perceived uh, inconsistencies. Right. Just to give an example of like some of the questions we'd ask, they were talking about how Building 7, which was a third building, oh, yes. was World destroyed Trade that Center day. 7. So, uh, um, yeah, brief history, the big towers, they were each struck by a, an airplane and then burned for a while and then fell. But boy, they really, really focus on World Trade Center 7. There was right. another building, you know, maybe 100 yards away, and it caught on fire from 
what was coming off of those buildings. Right. And then it burned down and fell. And oh, that's just, you know, that because was. Because steel cannot melt. Yeah, it can only be a demolition. It was controlled demolition. Look, it right. fell straight down. And, you know, where else is a building going to fall? That's what I want to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big, and they, heavy building. And they have this very elaborate theory about how this happened. And actually, various theories about how it happened. Right. That's another thing we found. There was no one theory. It was just right. mainly finding anomalies in the official story and saying, right. well, how do you explain that? And then when I would say, well, oh, free fall, Carrie, free fall. Sorry. Oh, that, is that another one of those That's another keywords? really important thing. Yeah. Look at the how fast it fell. It fell at free fall. It can't do that unless it's controlled right. demolition. Okay, make your point. <laughs> Whenever I would say, well, okay, isn't the official story X, just to, to sort of give the counterpoint, right? Yeah. They'd say, there is no official story. <laughs> well, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah there actually is. The yeah, there published were, book called the Netherlands. There were fires, <laughs> and, and the, those fires built up and, and ruined the structural integrity of the building, and then it fell. And right. that's why... Why nobody was in it because the fire department knew that was happening and cleared everybody out. Mm-hmm. No big mystery. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's not uh, good enough for them. And then, you know, they, they're making this point that nobody knows that another building fell that day. There was a third building. And yet they're saying this all happened to convince us to go to war against right. Iraq. All right. Two major problems here. Right. <laughs> First of all, none of those hijackers were Iraqis. So right. already, if you're going to stage this, do it well. Right. Why not have a bunch of Iraqis? But then another major, I think, plot hole in this whole alternate story is why then have a third building go down that nobody even knows about if you're right. doing all this to get us to go to war? What's the point of that building? But they did have an, an explanation for that, yes, which I love. <laughs> I love this story. Yes. It's that all the papers and plans for 9-11 were in Building 7. We got to destroy These people were so low-tech. <laughs> That they kept it all on paper in Building 7. Right. And then they had to destroy the mofo. No paper shredders or anything. You yeah. got to just take down the whole just building and then build fire. another one just like it in its place. Right. That's the whole conspiracy. Yep. Oh, and also to collect on insurance money. That was also sure. the big thing. And of course, all the Jews were warned beforehand not to go to work. Oh my goodness, racism. Oh, the racism. racism. Jesus Christ. So at one point, we were given these DVDs by one of the members <laughs> to take home and watch, which we did. We watched them at my house. And actually, I wish people could see us right now because I'm making the face uh-huh. and the hand gestures of a person watching the DVDs, which <laughs> She's is... She's trying to shield her eyes like <laughs> the blinders. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Eyes wide open in disbelief. And trying to run away. And your hands on your temples and just looking as though... You just, you don't know what to do about what's happening in front of your eyes. Right. So we'd been given this DVD and the first thing on it was this documentary by the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. Which are 2,000 engineers, right? Something like that. Who believe that it's impossible that Building 7 fell without it being a controlled demolition. And so then they point out, again, all these little errors in the official story and they didn't properly check and this investigation was a sham and all of that. And then... False flag. False flag. And then the second video came up. There was like another video. I was wondering like, why is the playtime on this three hours? Mm -hmm. And again, like there is something about this mindset that allows you to just have unlimited time to watch this stuff. Yeah. I signed up for a newsletter. I'm not sure if it was related to this investigation or not, but it's this newsletter called Forbidden Knowledge. Mm -hmm. And every day they send me about three emails with a link to a video. 
Sometimes they're three minutes or five minutes or ten minutes. Like, okay, I'll sit down and watch those. But then all the others are like two uh, hours. Like these documentaries and like, who has the time to watch all this stuff? Right. These people do. Yeah, they Mo do. Does. Well, uh, and uh, also, I think a lot of the people, at least in this group, are retired. So they probably oh, do have a little more You know what? That's a good point. Hands. Right. But yeah, I'm, I'm a busy guy. And so mm-hmm. like I'll prioritize these things. But I watch a lot of this material and it's a lot of yeah. this kind of stuff. And we watched those videos and there was probably, we probably spent a good three Four hours watching Four hours, them. yeah, because that first chunk was three hours. Yeah, so it immediately then on the same uh, DVD track... Went into... <laughs> the second documentary. Oh, my word. Holy Which could crap. have been called Jews are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Jews are to blame for everything. Right. Now, where have we heard that before, Carrie? <laughs> oh, God, it's hard to remember. Yeah, it started with this event from 1967 where the... Israelis who were supposed to be on our side bombed this U.S. carrier that was out off the coast of Israel, mm-hmm. but it was a false flag. They're trying to make it look like bong, gong, 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 gong. I'm backing up your story with the score that is included. <laughs> yeah, with oh, the, the video. Oh my goodness! And like after a while, like they would just be like saying all these things that Jews did, and you're like, oh, this is just about Jews doing horrible things. Right. And just unabashedly. Oh. I mean, it's not like they try to say like, no, we're not saying anything bad about Jewish people. It just happened to be that that's the position they were in in the world. No, they're just like, Jews are the worst. Here are 85 things they have done wrong. And they are the worst. You should hate them. <laughs> that, that was certainly the just, yeah. And then they'd say like, and then Alan Husenberg, a Jew. Right. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we, we've already said enough to convict him because he's a Jew. And it was like, I think they accidentally included this on the disc. Really, is this your outreach? You give this to people who come to visit your meeting, yeah. this blatantly racist thing. Oh, I don't think it was an accident. That barely touched on 9-11. It, yeah, I don't know if it even did. Yeah, it was all about, you know, like the Rothschilds and like them owning money mm-hmm. all over the world. And, and there would be points just like two paragraphs of text on the screen, so you'd have to pause it to read it. Right? Oh, Oh, yeah, and these, like, little floating stars of David everywhere. Right. Oh, Uh, it was... Then, like, a person in profile, so you definitely get he's a Jew. Look at that nose. It was so bad. Oh, my word. Oh, and then, even in the context of the meeting, uh, Mo was not down with the hating the Jews thing. Right. Because apparently he was part Jewish. But he would say, like, blatantly sexist and racist things. Like, Chelsea Clinton just told us we need to vote for her mom because she's a woman. How did that work out with the black guy? Right? And then my favorite quote. I know what you're thinking of. Yeah, it was just from the second meeting. He said, the Democratic Party is waxing Hillary's dusty vagina and dusting it off to get her ready so that we can vote for her because she's a woman, just like they did with the black guy. So she's, first of all, called her old for no particular reason and had to bring her vagina into things. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Oh, and then there was another DVD, which was in the packet they gave to you, but not in the one they gave to me, mm-hmm. which I think maybe was in there by accident. But this was a documentary, do- quote, unquote. 
<laughs> really, I don't think it's fair to call it a documentary, either of these. Uh, but this one by Tex Mars. Yep. And I'd kind of heard of him before, but I'd forgotten the name. Mm-hmm. So that this uh, reminded me of him. Every little conspiracy, like, you know, and Sarah Silverman, she's a Jew, and she blah, 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 blah. And as you can see in this video, she's wearing red. <laughs> and red is the color of socialism. You know, like, <laughs> right. I kid you not. These are the connections he the, would be making. The feeling you get watching one of these DVDs and attending one of the meetings, at least at the points where people are yelling all at once, mm-hmm. is a lot like going to a parade and, like... <laughs> One act is passing you and another one's coming and someone's selling hot dogs and another girl's <laughs> Peter pants. And you're just like overstimulated and you don't know which way to look. And you, all you know is that you'd like to go to the bathroom, please, somebody. <laughs> it's a lot like that. It's a lot like that. Yeah, so we, we made our way through that one. And again, it was all this Illuminati talk. And, yeah. and I realized actually that he's to blame for a piece of misinformation I'd carried around for a long time. Oh, great, great, great. Indirectly. Someone had told me at some point, and now I, after looking online, I realized it came from him, or he's one of the major proponents of the idea that the Ashkenazi Jews are, oh, are right. not actually like descendants from the Israelis, that they're just converted Russians. And I'd been told that somewhere early on and just assumed that was a backed up fact. Mm-hmm. And I'd been repeating it for a while and then realized it was just conspiracy theory hatred of Jews sort of thing. And And then that got brought up at one of the meetings. So Mo said that he was Jewish. Yeah, and then uh, another guy yelled out from the back, like, well, you're an Ashkenazi. Be clear. Yeah, be clear about that. (laughs) Like, that's different. Right. You're not like a Sephardim or anything like that. And I happen to be uh, a quarter Ashkenazi Jew as well. So anyways, yeah, I'd finally cleared myself up on that piece of misinformation. But Ross? Yes? Would you like your employer to know you have AIDS? (gasps) Right. So they were talking about, what was it, like uh, databases of our health (laughs) records or something like that? I don't think it was even that. I don't think it was that directly related. I thought it was because I was saying, well, you know, couldn't that make for more efficient health care, you know, where we have our records in a standardized place as long as it's secured? And he said, well, do you really want that information out there? I mean, would you want your employer knowing... That you have cancer? Or AIDS! Or AIDS! So ever since then, every now and then, Carrie will message me on Facebook (laughs) or by text and say, Or AIDS! Because it's important. Would you want your employer knowing you have AIDS? I mean, and touche. Or AIDS? And touche, maybe not. But at the same time, it's also illegal for them to fire you over that. Right. But yeah, no, it's personal information. Fair enough. That would be a fair point. Just let's all calmly... Right. Calmly have that conversation, please. It is funny because we got, uh, again, kind of identified as 9-11 people mm-hmm. because that's what we did when we first came in. Right. So twice, but once at both meetings, they played for us the Corbett Report video. It's this little five-minute video about 9-11 truth. I think mm-hmm. we ought to play the clip from that or at least some highlights. So here you go. On the morning of September 11th, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world. Overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground. 
hitting the Pentagon in the Budget Analyst Office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th, 2001. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. But for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-TECH, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, off the record, not under oath, and behind closed doors. We also learned that there is such thing as a free energy machine. Oh my goodness, yes! Near yeah. the end of the second meeting, and I almost face-palmed. Because <laughs> if you say that there are free energy machines, I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. There, well, <laughs> well, it doesn't seem to be backed up by science at this point. Yes. I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it doesn't pass the basic smell test because, okay, if you have a free energy... Wait, 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 so someone might not know what... Okay. And <laughs> it's a machine that gives you energy for free. Right. So it's something that's like, a hundred percent efficient or even better like it gives you more energy than it, you put into it right because that would be a, a, a free um, energy machine a, a perpetual motion machine right right but you know at best a perpetual motion machine is just going to be a fun ornament for your desk I mean the second you try to like hook up a gear to it right and get it to actually do work right. then it's just going to take the energy out of the system so yeah this is like something that's giving you even more energy than you're putting into it and if anybody had that, if anybody had created that, as many, many, many claim to have done, they would be using it mm -hmm. to power their homes, to power other things. And we'd be able to, to power the effing world and be the richest right. person on and, it. And let's say the government doesn't want everybody to have it or the power uh, companies. That's fine. But they're going to use it themselves. Right. They're going to save on their big bills. But they said that there are two, that there's one north of us and one south of us on the I-5. So we should, <laughs> yeah, right. we should go visit. Go but seriously, like, that's the kind of thing that if we heard that in an ordinary course of the day, we'd look at each other and we'd be like, oh my god, we have to go to them. But in this room, <laughs> you're hearing that stuff the whole time. So you're like, uh-huh, perpetual motion machine up <laughs> on the, the I-5. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, who ordered the cookies? This lady's holding cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Looking back over your whole time with the 9-11 truthers, oh, yeah. what would you say is their pseudoscience ranking where one is something completely scientific, okay? Mm -hmm. The opposite of pseudoscience. So that, oh, God, I don't know, like evolution. Oh, one, okay. that's a one. That's, yeah, like that's a one. rock solid science. And then okay. 10 is something completely pseudoscientific, okay? Mm -hmm. So like your, oh, your kneecaps are made of goat sperm. Oh. No, your whole body. Let's say your whole body oh, is made my, of goat sperm. I thought kneecaps were 10. Okay, the whole body. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a high standard. Um, you know, I've, my first inclination would be to think that this is all kind of aside from scientific issues because it's more mm -hmm. like political and stuff like that. But no, it it delves into scientific issues quite a bit. Yep. Um, you know that fluoride is dangerous for you and a toxin they're trying to kill you, and yep. and GMOs. We didn't even talk about that, but there was a lot of fear about genetically modified foods 
And then the free energy machine. I'm sorry, you just bought yourself an extra three points on the pseudoscience mm-hmm. rating. And the but, steel, the melting of steel. Oh, yeah, right. And the whole thing about thermite and the melting of steel and the mechanics of buildings and how they fall. So I'm going to give them a nine. Oh, very on high. On the pseudoscience very rating. Very high. I was... I was up there with you, but I've been thinking the whole time eight, so I'm going to stick with eight. Okay. My arbitrarily chosen high number. Sounds good. I, I was <laughs> I was veering that direction, but now I think they deserve a nine. All right, that's There's fair. A, a lot of like even fear of real science and very selective use whoa, of science. Whoa, whoa, Ross. Fear. Yeah. Nine plus eight is seventeen, and seven plus one is eight, which was my number. That can't be a coincidence. And if you look up eight in the dictionary, a synonym is fatherland. And you know what they called fatherland? The Nazis. And you know who the Nazis are? They killed the Jews. Oh my goodness. There was so much there. You didn't even think about that, did you? Yeah. You didn't even think about it. It went right by you. That's amazing. Okay. So, Carrie, what would you give this on a pocket drainer value? Mm. Where one is something not very pocket draining at all. You know, like like... You go on the internet and you learn lots of things for free on YouTube. Great. Okay. (laughs) All right. And then 10 is something incredibly expensive, like you're walking along the street and someone's like, hey, lady, you want some knowledge? Come over here. And he lures you into a dark alley and he has... This is... He has like a video that's very... I'm not going to follow him. That's very informative. Okay, he stands like at the corner, but kind of in the shadows. Okay. Still still a little creepy. You don't have to follow him. Can't wait for this to be expensive. Okay, uh uh-huh. But good call, not following him. Uh Very smart. And, And he offers to show you these DVDs on his little portable DVD player. And you'll learn a lot, but you've got to pay him $200. Well, that's a lot. You're right. Okay, I'm going to say negative one because Uh it's not even as expensive as watching YouTube, which I have to pay my internet service provider for. Mm, Factoring in the incidental costs. Good good job. Yeah. Well, I guess I had to pay gas to get there. But other than that, I mean, they didn't even pass around a collection plate. But they did. They did? Yeah. Oh, I missed it. Okay. Once once briefly, except except it was prefaced by this very, very unemphatic, unexcited pitch for this group in San Diego. Oh, that's right. right. I do remember that. And they did that. actually pass around a little like wicker basket. And as it came around, all I had in my pocket was some loose change. Oh, <laughs> which is the name of a 9-11 documentary. And I, I was loose so proud change. of myself. I felt like Mo having made a funny. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so what about you? What oh, yeah. I, I give them a one. Yeah. Okay. It, this was all free. They gave us DVDs. They didn't ask for money. There yep. was no hard sell. We just bought some snacks at the local coffee they're shop. They're earnest. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. They, they believe know. what they're doing. So, Ross. <laughs> uh-huh. Hi, Carrie. Hey. What would you give this on a creepiness rating? Mm-hmm. Where one is something not at all creepy. Like, you go to work one day. And there's a gorilla at your desk making phone calls. Weird, but not creepy. Ten is you turn on your TV one day. Okay. And you think you're going to watch The Price is Right. But every channel is just these floating heads with a pink background of women in your life saying, We love you, Ross. We love you, Ross. We love you, Ross. And you keep trying to change the channel, but there's nothing but that. And then you call your beautiful wife, Kara, and you say, Kara, come here, come here. And she comes into the living room and she says, 
we love you, Ross. We love you, Ross. We love you, Ross. And that's that happens for the rest of your life. Oh, that's horrible. Okay. That's a 10. I mean, I guess it could be worse. It's a very positive message, but very creepy. Um, you know, I would I would think to give them a very low creepiness rating. I don't think there's anything particularly creepy. Um, I mean, I guess it slightly unsettles me that, that there are people who think there was a Sandy hoax or, uh, you know, some of these other things that seem to me it'll be a little sick. Uh, to say. Maybe I'll give him extra points for the guy who kept walking by us in nothing but like these really small shorts and really like <laughs> long hair and didn't look like he'd washed in quite some time okay. and kept whispering things quietly in my ear. Yeah, about murder too. Yeah, I really wish he would not sit near us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so for him, I'll give them a, a 2.5. Okay. How about you, Carrie? What are you going to um, give this I on would give it higher. It's not that these people are creepy. Their presentation of it isn't creepy, but the concept is creepy. Oh, like the concept of the government. Uh, that reality. Yeah, of the government, like... Yeah. Orchestrating... Sure. ...its own quasi-demise in order to make you defend them as they go to kill people. I'm pretty creepy. So I would give it a 5. Okay. Well, what then, Carrie? Would you give this on a danger rating? Where 10 is something incredibly dangerous. Like, uh, you know, going to have a phone call and just laying out in the middle of the street to do it. And and not like a rural country road, but I'm talking like a four-lane busy street in Santa Monica. I'm laying on the ground. Yeah, you're just laying on the the ground and just kind of having your conversation. That's very dangerous, Ross. Wearing gray clothing with a texture not unlike the ground. With maybe a yellow line going up. (laughs) You know where I'm going with this. (laughs) That's dangerous, Carrie. Yeah. All right. That's a 10. One is something not dangerous at all, like going out jogging in the daylight, but wearing bright neon colors just to make sure that you're visible. And going at a safe pace for my heart. Right, and running against traffic on the sidewalk. Okay, great. That's a one. One. I mean, I feel like these people are just impotent. Like, maybe they would be a threat if they were actually, like, trying to do something to overthrow the government or to somehow get back at the government for what they think Mm. they've done or something. But Actually getting out on the street and doing their, like, armed overtaking right right yeah, like then, alex jones is always threatening yeah right. that would be dangerous but yeah so maybe i'll say a two because i guess there's like some potential for that but when the rubber hits the road all these people are doing is sitting in a room talking to each other about how bad things are sure and that's it um i'm gonna give it higher just because like i've seen what it does to the minds of uh, at least my cousin like certain people mm. that i've known just to make them so afraid of so many things and be worried about vaccines. And it just seems... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it links to a lot of things that I think make people shut off reality. Yeah, divorces them from reality. It seems dangerous to me. gateway hoax. Yes, right. So I'm going to give it a six. What about your favorite moment of this investigation? Okay, so my favorite moment came at the end of the second meeting. And we were, like, getting ready to leave. We'd already been there three hours. We were kind of tired. And we're looking for a way to kind of just casually get out of there. And then someone, like, runs in from outside and they said, it's here. It's here. (laughs) We're like, okay, what? (laughs) They had this big sign, like, on a truck, a flatbed truck, said, did you? Not sign, like, billboard. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a mobile billboard is what it is. It's, you know... 30 feet across. I'm not very good at heights. How tall do you think it was? About... 12 feet? Yeah, 12 to 15 feet, something like that. Oh, yeah, and uh, mostly orange, but it's got some photos of the, like, 
the World Trade Center 7, and then the rubble of World Trade Center 7, their favorite. Uh, did you know a third tower fell on 9-11? So we all get out there and we marvel at it. And again, they're just so happy. Like, this is going to be such a great outreach Change the tool. world. Yeah, everybody's just going to see this and want to come to our meetings. And then it links to rethink911.org. And then these it. people who are so afraid of the government knowing everything about us and knowing that we're against them and they think that everything should be private, what do they do? They take a group, group photo. photo. <laughs> of course, that's what you do. Everybody get next to the sign. Though, you know, to their credit, most of them scattered off and like stood in the shadows yeah, and hunkered away did, from it. Yeah. No, I don't want to be photographed. And so we got up there. We're and like, yeah, here we go. We only had three people up there sitting on the edge of the billboard with us. But May yeah, I see it? We got the photo. Yeah, yeah, there you go. For your reference. There we are. Yep. So we'll uh, we'll put that up on facebook.com forward slash onrack so you can see us and our truther friends. And when someone took the photo and handed it back to me, Mo said, oh, so I'm guessing this will show up on the NSA website pretty soon. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. A characteristic of his humor and a great opportunity for us to leave the building. Yes. So uh, we went back in a little sooner than everybody else and we exited out the front of the And I very conspicuously said, let's go get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we did not go back. No. My favorite moment. Or AIDS! <laughs> that was your favorite moment? Yeah, yeah. Or AIDS? No doubt. <laughs> shouting at you. Losing himself in the anger of the thing you'd not asked. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay. What would we like to do? We would like to thank some donors. Yes, we would. We are very thankful for our many donors. Here are some particularly notable donors yes, from the previous month. Very generous donors. So Matthew Garvin from Australia. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. And thank you to Gary Alexander from Roseville, California. Gary, and Gary's a very, very devoted listener. I know that he's given many times. So thank you, Gary. And also thank you to David James. For his repeating donation. Yes, very, one very of our generous. new subscribers. Thank you. And Thad Engeling Thad. from Austin, Texas. Thank, thank you, Thad. You. We appreciate all of your donations. And, yes, thank, uh, thank you so much. Thank you for keeping the show going. That's it for our show. Our producer is Ian Kramer. And our theme music was written by Brian Keith Dalton. You can find us on the web at onopodcast.com or facebook.com slash onrack. And be sure to check out our pictures by liking us. And remember... You wouldn't want your employer to know that you have cancer. Or AIDS! Or AIDS! <laughs>